Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Tech Talk, a podcast where Amit and I talk about various technology-related topics. Today, we're going to talk about electricity grid. It's uh, called different names, maybe in different countries. In UK, we predominantly call it power grid. Power is usually uh, synonymous with electricity in here. So, uh, yeah, we're going to talk about um, the national power supply, how it's generated, how it's come, uh, how it travels through the network and then into your homes. Obviously, you are watching us in some sort of electronic device, and that device is powered by the electricity that you've either charged your laptop or your phone or your desktop from your home or from work, wherever. And this power is what enables a lot of our day-to-day -day activities. And it's very important to sort of um, know about all the technology that goes behind it. And I think in, in our talks, a lot of the times we marvel on all the little things that makes up a whole system and a user experience and all the things, all the technology that goes behind uh, the user experience. And I think the actual supply of electricity is a very crucial one. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I thought this would be a really, really good topic for you guys to know, be aware of, and also be mindful of for the future with, with the current um, climate and economic condition. Uh, the energy supply is uh, somewhat of a popular topic in the news. So uh, yeah, let's let's talk about it. Amit, what's your thought on this? I think, uh, first of all, thanks, uh, Renat, for recommending the topic. It is a very good topic and a very relevant topic. Uh, there has been an energy crisis, especially in Europe, uh, with uh, Russia's invasion of Ukraine. What has happened now is that uh, Russia has stopped uh, giving gas uh, through the Nord uh, 1 uh, stream uh, pipeline to Germany, and that has caused a panic. Um, and especially just before winter because in winter we consume a lot of gas but gas is just one way to supply uh, the heating but here we are talking about the electricity so but what happens uh, if uh, we run out of gas and if you're not able to generate electricity so I think it is important to understand the different uh, systems that are involved in sending the electricity to your houses and then figure out okay uh, once the electricity is received what can we do to save it and uh, make sure that we are not consuming a lot of electricity so in case there is a power cut we are still able to manage our day-to-day -day lives so yeah it's a very relevant topic especially in today's world Yes, absolutely. And a lot of people are talking about it. I hear in the news every every day that uh, the energy supply and, you know, a, a, a key part of energy supply is electricity. As you said, gas and electricity are the two main forms of uh, energy that we consume as as consumers, not just uh, not just businesses or corporations, but as um, even at like uh, mass population at homes, we use energy in different ways. And nowadays, in UK and potentially in you know in many other uh, countries as well, we're becoming more and more reliant on electricity and replacing our gas stove, gas heating system with electric systems because they are actually a lot more um, well. It could be controversial, but they are actually a lot more um, environment friendly than than gas. 
So, um, yeah, electricity supply, how it's generated, how it's transmitted, um, all of these, you know, all of the, the different areas of electricity from generation to it coming to your home, all of these things are quite important. And it's nice to know about all of these things. So, uh, yeah, I mean, there there are various stages or segments of this, Amit. Uh, uh, you know, would you would you tell us a little bit more on that, the generation, distribution, etc.? Well, uh, so whatever I have read and whatever I understand, I think let's break it down. So we receive electricity at our homes and we also receive gas. So here in the UK, for the public who are not aware, in the UK, we, as Renat mentioned, we receive both electricity and gas to our houses. Gas powers the gas stove, the fireplace, the boiler, and the electricity powers everything else, including the boiler as well, um, and uh, the gas stove to generate the spark. So now the question is, uh, why do we need two separate forms of energy? Why can't we just use electricity for everything so uk is actually moving towards that so currently electricity is much more expensive per unit of electricity is more expensive than per unit of gas so a lot of people in old houses in the uk they still prefer to use gas because it's much cheaper per unit rate of course you consume then a lot of gas but if you consume uh, more electricity then it becomes more expensive so yeah so you are receiving electricity in your house so someone has to generate that electricity so it is like uh, when the power goes off so i come from india rinath comes from bangladesh when we lived there some, there used to be power cuts and whenever there is a power cut we used to have a backup generator and that generator used to generate electricity by burning fuel what fuel could be petrol could be diesel mostly diesel and that diesel used to get burnt it used to move a motor and that motor used to generate electricity so that is called a generator so someone in the UK is actually generating electricity by either burning the fossil fuels like coal petrol diesel or maybe uh, natural gas etc or they're using some renewable sources of energy like uh, uh, wind solar tidal etc so you mm -hmm. have like the non-renewable sources of energy and the renewable sources of energy and some of these power generate uh, these generators as you might call them so i'm just being very um, like generic because it could be the top uh, the term could differ from country to country but in essence someone has to generate that electricity so there is a power plant and that power plant, it could be nuclear as well. So it could be nuclear power plant, coal power plant, hydro, hydroelectric power plant. It could be uh, thermal power plant or whatever. Okay. So, so there are different types of uh, power plants and that generates electricity and it's there across most of the world. Someone generates electricity, then it comes to your house. How it comes to your house? We see poles and we see cables or wires. So whenever we travel um, in the in the highways or the motorways in the UK, as it's called, we see these huge towers of uh, electric poles that are carrying long wires throughout the countryside or throughout your uh, region. So what what is that? Why is that? And what is it actually doing? So basically, it is carrying high voltage, uh, high voltage, low current uh, to the uh, substations 
So someone is generating that electricity. That electricity then needs to get transmitted at a high voltage. Why high voltage? Because high voltage means low current and that means low energy loss through heat. If you have high voltage, you can transmit it over longer distances. And voltage is nothing but the power, the, how much push are you uh, uh, giving to the electrons in the uh, wire. Or the so this is, actually, this is actually quite interesting. I think we should cover this, this part of yes. all of these different terms, like voltage, ampere, and current, for example, because this is no, actually... No, 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 hang on, hang on. <laughs> voltage, the unit is V. Mm -hmm. Current, the unit is A, which is ampere. So current mm -hmm. and ampere are basically same. Are ampere the same is the unit thing, for yes. current. And, and then, then you have resistance. Resistance and yes. then there is watt hour and watt. Yes, and but that is power. Are... That is power. Yes, yes, absolutely. Watt is a unit for power in general. I mean, it, it could even be completely different power. But we, we calculate power of electricity in watts commonly. Right. And this is very interesting because when I finished my uh, uh, A-level equivalent, um, I was I had a uh, I was kind of uh, in dilemma whether to study mechanical engineering or electrical engineering. And the reason I chose mechanical, it, well, primarily it was because I loved I loved physics and all of the all of those. But also I was kind of scared of all the different terminology of electric electricity because I always had this confusion, not confusion, but I always had is that I always felt like there are too many different things to define electricity. Nowadays, I feel like I understand it a little bit more. So I would like to go through it all and, you know, have you correct me if, if, uh, if I say anything wrong. But I feel like that might actually enlighten our audiences a little bit more. The, the main difference that I always had problem understanding is the amperage and the voltage and the difference between the two. And the way I finally understood it when I compared it to water pressure. So if you have a water, you know, a big tub of water, and if you have a, like a hole where, you know, a stream of water is coming out, the speed at which the, the, the water is coming out, that's, like equivalent to voltage, the speed of transmission and the amount of water that is actually held in the tub, that's the actual, you know, the actual substance or actual amount of energy, if you, if you call it in electricity terms, that's the ampere. So you could also compare it with heat as well. So say, for example, the actual heat energy that is stored somewhere, that is the heat energy that is uh, expressed with kilojoules or joules. And then the temperature, what we measure, is actually not the actual heat energy, but when it's being transferred, I, I, you know, or, or correct me if I'm wrong. So that could, temperature could be synonymous with electricity voltage and the kilojoules or the joules, the actual, you know, measurement of how much heat energy is stored somewhere, that's like ampere, which is uh, which is actually the actual representation of how much electricity energy, electric energy, is stored in a battery or whatever, and the trans transmission speed is the voltage. And um, this was this was very confusing when I was in A levels, and uh, hopefully 
uh, I've explained it well, so it, it helps our audience to understand it a little bit better. Definitely. Actually, it, it helped me also understand it uh, much easier. Uh, so I think, yeah, it definitely helps. And if you, if you look at the equivalent in a wire, so as you mentioned, voltage is uh, the speed at which it's coming out and uh, ampere or current is basically um, the, uh, the energy that is there in the actual thing. So let's say that you have a very long cable and you want to transmit electricity through it. So you put a lot of energy, so that's the speed. <clears throat> so the, it's coming with a high speed, but low energy. Low energy means low wastage. Low wastage through heat because the wire gets hot. So you lose uh, the energy through heat. So now if it has high energy, it will lose a lot of heat. But high energy, short distance, fine. Then So you, uh, you have high energy, but with uh, low voltage. So high current with low voltage. So you don't need to give that much push. So speed can reduce and then you have high current, but if you have to send it over a long distance, you have high voltage, low current. So that's the basic essence of the transmission. So someone has generated the electricity through some means, and then uh, there are these transmission wires and these huge things. Now, there is a there is a, another step in between. So basically when the, volt, uh, when the uh, power is generated from the power station or the power plant, what happens is it is stepped up. So there is a step up transformer and a step down transformer. In order to facilitate uh, uh, transmission over thousands of kilometers with very less energy loss, the voltage is increased considerably, almost up to 400,000 volts in the UK or 400 kilovolts. So that's 400,000 volts. And that is then transmitted to say thousands of kilometers away and then it is uh, stepped down. So now the voltage is reduced. Once the voltage is reduced, say from 400,000 to say 300,000 or 200,000, then it's sent to a small substation and that substation then transmits it to various locations or various uh, entities. These could be industrial. Industrial is anything that does manufacturing, anything that does producing. So what, what, what do you mean by that? Say a factory. A factory is industrial. Okay. Uh, then they require a lot of energy. Uh, a steel plant, that requires a lot of energy. So those are some of the things which are industrial in nature. Then you have commercial. Commercial is something like a grocery store or a, a, a shopping mall. So those are commercial spaces and then residential. So those are all the places where people actually live. So those are the three main types of, uh, these are basically the three different types of consumers. So you have the electricity that is generated, then it is transmitted and the substation distributes. So normally a substation is close to where you live. So, so that the transmission can have happen over long distances, but the substation then transmits it at the voltage that you need. In the UK, the voltage that we receive at the socket is about 220 to 230 volts. So that's the voltage that we receive in the plug, in the socket. So, so I have a, a confusion or a question to understand in here. So I, I, I know that there is like a, a certain in certain situation, it's not actually dangerous 
for humans to touch. <laughs> I mean, in no way am I suggesting our audience to ever try this, but I want to understand, like, the, is it the amount of volt that becomes more and more dangerous or is it the amount of ampere or is it, what, what is, what makes, because I, I, I've, I've uh, known, you know, I've seen videos or, you know, like, um, you know, there, there are people who jokingly or, you know, for fun, uh, touches like a, an electricity supply, but wear, wearing like, you know, like plastic shoes or sandals, so they don't touch the ground. And then they, they form a line of, you know, people, but nothing actually happens because, um, so w what is that phenomenon? How does that work? So basically this, uh, this is the concept of path of least resistance. Electricity always tries to follow the path of least resistance. So that's why you have, I mean, it's not related to the topic that we are discussing, but it's uh, mm -hmm. good to know that uh, you have something called as a uh, earthing, earthing wire in your house. So when lightning strikes, the lightning then goes to the earthing wire and that takes the electricity from the side of your house, from the top of your house to through the side all the way to the earth. Right. So that's the path of least resistance to earth. It can it can go in multiple directions, but that's the path of least resistance. Otherwise, if you don't have that wire, what will happen is it will actually hit your roof or some other device in your house and it will take that route. OK, so that's why uh, a lot of times people wear something so that the electricity doesn't go through their body, but goes through outside their body through some kind of a glove or etc. Et and they and they ensure that it doesn't they are not connected to earth because what happens is your body then becomes a conductor so your body then becomes the path of least resistance and because you have maintained a, a connection between earth and the electric uh, supply unit then uh, the electricity just flows through your body and you get a shock so that's why it's uh, very important uh, that uh, you don't touch high electricity cables i have actually got electric shocks by while touching the power socket unit inside a computer i literally uh, because it was ac current uh, i had a chance to remove my finger but uh, the effect was uh, this when i uh, touched the power socket unit the plug the the right behind the plug there are these cables and there are screws i i touched my finger there and i uh, connected the power cable i didn't realize the switch was on so my fingers got stuck so it's like electric shock and because i am now the path of least resistance electricity is flowing through my body it was in my left hand so when i touched the power socket uh, i mean the screws and the wires at the back of the uh, the socket uh, the electricity started flowing now what happened is my thumb got stuck so i could not remove it so i had to put a leg and then push and like literally pull my finger away it it required a lot of effort my skin from my thumb got peeled i had a very slight bleeding because it was not a very deep cut it was a very small cut and uh, the good thing is it's alternating current so in alternating current the supply goes on off on off on off so you can actually get rid of your finger or get rid of the device if it is low current of course it was very low current so i was able to i didn't uh, receive any uh, major uh, i mean like injuries except that where my skin got uh, peeled but, off and then but, the blood came but it was left hand you said but isn't it directly connected to your heart isn't it a lot more dangerous so so i'll, I'll tell you what happened 
So basically what happens is the moment the electricity starts flowing through your body, all the water starts evaporating. Oh. Or, or they start getting boiled. So basically I had burning sensation on the left side of my body, even though nothing was wow. burnt. Wow, but, that is a but that is the, But that is a start, right? When you see movies, you see when people touch something, very high power, high electricity, voltage or whatever, they get electrocuted, which is basically they, they turn into ashes or they burnt, they yeah. get fire. Basically, it's that. It's, it's heating up your body to a very high temperature and then you catch flames. Wow, that is... That is so it is, it is very dangerous. So I, ha I was very, very lucky. I screamed, I shouted, I was in my senses, I was very young, I was in some I was in in school, I can't remember which uh, which year it was, but uh, yeah, so when that happened, I realized that whole half of my body from the from the tip of my finger all the way down to the tip of my toe, I could feel that burning sensation. It was it was very weird because I could feel it only one part of the body, not the other part. As I said, least resistance. So the body, the electric current doesn't have to go from my left hand to my right leg. It can go from my left hand to my left leg because it's the least resistance path. But anyway, that's not the focus of this uh, topic. No, this is, I mean, electricity, you know, transmission is actually, you know, quite quite relevant to, to this. And this is, this is actually really, I, I, I suppose this is important as well because I never had such experience. I mean, I had various electric shocks dealing with PC hardware and all of this. And a lot of the times I ignore it because I thought, you know, nothing actually happened or it's very mild. And a lot, it, there was, I used to have this laptop, which is, you know, which was like a metallic outer shell. And every time I would touch it, I would get a mild shock. But I thought it's just not. But now from this, I, I am going to be a lot more careful because these, all of these things are very easy to happen around your home. And, you know, you have electric, electric outlets everywhere. So this is actually quite eye-opening and hopefully this is eye-opening to our audience as well, how dangerous it can be very quickly in a split second. So I'm going to be careful and I very much strongly urge everyone uh, that's listening to, to also uh, take this story as a as a like an eye-opener and uh, change your habits and turn off anything electrical before you do anything. And I guess always wear gloves and uh, sort of non-conducting uh, shoes when when you're having to do deal with anything electric i think yeah that's a very good advice always wear a non-conductor in your hands and in your legs so that the if in case you touch something that is uh, having uh, current going through it then you don't pass that current to earth so that's uh, how you protect yourself anyway no. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry, just like one other thing that I just thought of, and this this I also is quite interesting. And with all the you know the recent Nobel Prize with all the quantum entanglement and everything, this just makes me think that how does the, I mean you know if, if if a current is flowing right, and then the path has been divided into two two options, how does it know which path is the path of least resistance without actually going through both paths? before and it, it, it just came to me as a question the path of least resistance comes from the resistance of the material itself it'll try to oh, go no. through both so paths it's not necessarily the longer path no it could okay okay so path it, of least resistance so least resistance ah, so it's 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 a technical the resistors and the resistance that exactly 
electrical channel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So it could be a copper wire, which is, you know, usually a, a very good conductor. Earth, yeah. Very good conductor, but a very long copper wire to earth. But it could be, a, you know, non-copper, or, or, you know, or not very good conductor on the other option. It will it'll still go to the copper wire because it doesn't it's know. It's easy how to go through it. It's easy to go through it, right? So if you have a small right. hole or a big hole, the water will <clears throat> flow through the big hole, right? Mm, yes. Path yes. of least resistance. So it's, it's that right, simple. Okay. That's actually a very, very good anecdote to, to understand as well. Because, yeah, I, I always thought that I always hear this and I keep thinking it's the length of the path. But no, it's not the length. It's the conductivity of, of the material. The material, exactly. So that's right. why least resistance. That's why the stress is on the word least resistance. It is mm -hmm. not on the l l shortest path. That's why it's path of least resistance. Ah, Anyhow, so, so we've got the, we uh, someone has generated the electricity. It has been then transmitted. The transmission has happened. Then it comes to a substation from where it gets distributed to industry, commercial spaces and residential. And that's basically the four different parts, generator, transmitter, distributor, consumer. In between, you will have a supplier. So uh, the distributor could be different from the supplier. Supplier is with whom you buy the electricity. Uh, they, uh, they, they manage the bill, they manage the consumption, they, they fix the unit rates, etc. So that's basically the grid. So someone generates power, someone then transmits and whoever is uh, generating the power, they are different from the one who's maintaining the network. The network has to be maintained. So, so the network, what do you mean by network maintenance? So someone has to service the poles on which the wires are hanging or the towers. They have to service the cables. If the cables get cut during a storm or a thunderstorm or uh, like a cyclone or anything, then they have to be repaired. So someone needs to go up and fix things. If a bird is uh, accidentally stuck in that cable, it's causing uh, a, a loss of uh, energy, then that has to be removed, etc., etc. But you have to understand that uh, why the grid is so important. So you, we, we call it the power grid or the electricity grid. In the UK, you call it the national grid. So it's, it's different terms uh, all across the world. But in essence, it's a power grid. It, it, takes power from some place and then transmits it via grid grid is nothing like but a network a network of different uh, towers and wires that are spanning the country that takes the electricity now this is a wired way it is like you are having a wired internet like we spoke about in our last topic wi-fi and then you have uh, wireless internet so there you don't need any cable so then you have wireless can we have wireless electricity so yes, that is possible and that is something called wireless chargers. So you don't have to actually physically connect a wire to get the electricity to your uh, smartphone. But what you do is you just place the device on the wireless charger and it transmits wirelessly without a wire to the device. But that happens through a magnetic coil. So in, in electricity, electricity is actually synonymous with magnetism. So if you have electricity, then it's a magnet. And if you have a magnet that you keep rotating, you can generate electricity. So that's what, so that's why they are all interconnected. 
So yeah, electricity and magnetic uh, is is very very much interconnected. That's why we have electromagnetic fields, right? So it's, exactly. So one, you can, if you don't have a natural magnet, you can create an electromagnet. An electromagnet is nothing but a metal wrapped around, uh, sorry, wrapped with a coil of wire, say a copper wire, and that copper wire is carrying electricity. And because that electricity is being carried across that metal, it generates a magnetic field and that becomes an electromagnet. And with a natural magnet, a natural magnet is something that exists in nature. You take a piece of iron or something else and that becomes a magnet and that can attract without any electricity. But if you move that magnet across a piece of coil or a copper cable, if you move that natural magnet inside the coil, up and down it will generate electricity in that coil so it works both ways yeah magnet i always found it to be so interesting and magnet is one thing that is like magical to me i mean it's it's just you know it is in, magical in our, in our physical world you know we kind of know how everything works but this is one thing that is like, you know, you, you, there is no physical anything to push or move anything, but it is still moving. And uh, it was it was really fascinating to me when I read it when I was in school on how it works and how each of these, uh, the, the poles of uh, atoms are sort of aligned to create the magnetic force. It, it was it was very interesting and uh, it was amazing to find out uh, the fact that it's not like a, uh, some sort of deity that's uh, making it happen, but it's it's uh, uh, you know the 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 atom atomic structure of 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 a metal that's uh, behind it. Yes, and and the the thing is that uh, each magnet has a north pole and a south pole. So basically, it's a dipole. So there are two poles in a magnet, be it an electromagnet or a natural magnet. So Scientists are now trying to see if there are monopoles, a magnet mm -hmm. with just one pole. Unfortunately, till date, we haven't discovered a monopole. Whenever we have looked for a magnet, it exists in no matter how small it is, it is always with two poles. So we have only observed dipoles in nature, not monopoles. So that's right. that's an interesting fact, but it has got nothing to do with the electricity grid. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's come back to our electricity grid yes. topic. So, so you've mentioned generation of electricity and then transmission and then distribution also to to the to the sub networks, and then what, what, is there any other like? So I mentioned suppliers. I mentioned suppliers from whom mm -hmm. you buy electricity. Mm -hmm. So uh, the distribution. Uh, could be to these uh, residential, commercial and industrial places with the help of the suppliers. So the suppliers are in essence from where you buy the energy and to whom you pay the bills and uh, that's your supplier and uh, they, they, they provide you with a meter and they uh, take your bill, they change the unit rates based on the demand and supply etc. Based on peak uh, peak hours or off peak hours etc. So yeah, so based on all these things you have um, you have you, you have your bill and that bill gives uh, keeps changing based on how much you consume now there is there are a couple of things that we need to keep in mind so electricity is generated and then someone is consuming it so there is a demand and there is a supply that demand and supply has to always balance and that balancing 
is called the balancing of the grid. Now, what does that mean? Suppose there is a lot of demand. So there is a lot of lot many people are consuming electricity, but the supply is not enough. <coughs> so you have an electric current, <coughs> an alternating current going through your wire, and that wire is carrying the electric current at a particular frequency. That frequency in UK is 50 hertz, and that frequency varies from country to country. Each grid has its own frequency that they have to manage. Now, why is this frequency important? If you uh, know about alternating current, an alternating current goes like a sine wave. It goes up and down, up and down across the horizontal axis or a vertical axis or any axis, it goes up and down. So when it goes up and down over, say, during, um, say, it goes 10 times up and 10 times down, that's 10 hertz. So that's basically the frequency. In one second, how many times it goes up and down? Okay, if it goes up and down, say, uh, 50 times, so that's 50 hertz. So that's the unit of, and that's called frequency. How many ups and downs in one second? That's basically the frequency. Now you would ask, why is it important? So let's say you have a lot of demand, but there is not enough supply. So the frequency drops it gets stretched. Lot of people are uh, trying to consume the electricity, but the generators are not able to provide enough electricity. So the uh, so then you get power cuts because you have to balance the grid. Now you say, why do I have to balance the grid? Well, if you don't balance the grid, your electric uh, devices will stop malfunctioning. Your electronic devices will stop uh, malfunctioning. Now, what does that mean? Each electric uh, electronic uh, device or electric device, they are meant to, uh, what do you say? Uh, they are meant to uh, run at a particular voltage and at a particular frequency. Now, if they don't re receive that same frequency, they will get damaged or they will not work properly or not work effectively. So, it means if the grid is balanced, then you need a power cut. If there is a lot of demand, but less supply. What happens if the reverse is the case? In the reverse option, what happens is the demand is low, but the supply is high. Now, if the supply is high and the demand is low, the frequency increases. Now, that is also not uh, good for the devices because they will not operate effectively. So, the frequency has to be so, dropped. So, is it like, you know, if, if I imagine in my head the waves going up and down and if there is nowhere for it to go, if, the, if there is this hard stop at the end, then the frequency keeps coming and they get squashed together, which is basically the higher frequency because the, and, and if there is, you know, going, you know, consume, being consumed too much, but there isn't enough exactly. coming from, yeah. and then the, the, it gets elongated. So the frequency reduces. It is reduces. that how? Okay. It is, it is how, at a high level, that is what it is. We don't okay. have to go in depth, but it is important to know that there is a frequency of electricity that you receive from your uh, electric supplier and that frequency is standard for a country. So we talked about the balancing of the grid and that's what balancing means. You balance mm -hmm. the demand and supply. So if you have more supply, what happens? You export. If you have more uh, demand, you import. What do you import and export? You import energy from other countries. So UK imports energy when there is a huge demand in the network. 
and it exports energy when there is a uh, the huge supply in the network so you offset and that is what uh, the 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 power grid or whoever maintains the transmission network they have to constantly keep monitoring the frequency has to be within uh, i think uh, 0.5 percent within say 5 hertz 5 hertz 2 hertz to 5 hertz so it has to be in that range if it is uh, more or less than that then uh, it's a problem sorry not 2 hertz 0.2 hertz 0.2 to 0.5 hertz and that's the balancing of the grid so that is uh, very important that the uh, grid is always balanced otherwise your devices will stop functioning so you have the electricity coming to your house at a particular frequency uh, and uh, at a particular voltage so that voltage also has to be maintained every socket in the house will have a particular voltage now think think of it like this you have connected one uh, say uh, uh, an extender okay an extension uh, cord so that extension cord basically takes uh, you connect it somewhere and it has say four plugs now each plug okay each plug is drawing uh, some current and that current is then powering the device some uh, devices with uh, draw more current some devices draw less current okay if the device draw more current it has more voltage if it, it draws less current it has less voltage and that is basically uh, the difference between a smartphone and a desktop computer or a laptop or maybe a light or a monitor each device that is there in your house is drawing different current uh, and that current is coming from the socket now the socket is rated for a particular amount of current if it exceeds the current then your device can get short circuit it can get burnt because it is receiving more current than it is needed so there is a fuse mm -hmm. on the socket i mean this is a new safety thing earlier there never used to be such things but if you draw more current than what is actually rated then you can actually either burn the socket or you can burn the device because you are consuming more current so each socket is rated say 10 ampere 10 ampere is a lot of current one ampere it will give you a huge electric shock most of the devices are rated at milliamp milliamp hour so like in one hour how much current are you drawing to run yourself so basically mm -hmm. to run the device so that basically that is it is very important to understand that because uh, I had an electrician, an electrician in my house, and I asked, "What? Why is that rated at this uh, 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 current? Uh, and what happens if I connect like ten devices to one socket?" He said, "It's fine because they are not drawing a lot of current." I said, "Oh, that is very interesting. Mm -hmm. So this is something important to know. Like to one socket, I've actually connected ten. I'm physically connected ten different devices." They are physically drawing power, either through my monitor, through my extension mm -hmm. cable. There is a printer. Yes, absolutely. I mean, especially all the computer-related devices, those are electronic devices. They draw very little power, but they do a lot. Uh, you know, in 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 our lives, a lot of work. But uh, actual current drawn, the actual energy, the consumption is relatively low. So yeah, I've done exactly the same from one socket. I've connected so many and, you know, you get extension leads and then extension leads connected to another extension leads. But 
if you sort of connect something like with a really high power draw, like for example, an iron or a electric heater, then it might be dangerous. But you know, if yes. you it might be dangerous, it can cause a short circuit, it can cause a trip, it can cause many things. So yes, uh, you have to be very careful about it. And uh, that is why uh, the grid has to maintain that voltage. But that voltage has got nothing to do with the electricity that's coming in. So yeah, mm -hmm. so it's all so you can actually draw more electricity with that much speed. Mm, yeah, so okay, so we we kind of um, covered more, the whole of the cycle from generation to trans transmission to distribution. And was there any any other segments of, of supplier, the supplier, and then the consumer? Mm -hmm. So those are basically the different elements in the grid, and it is. Uh, see, we have covered from a UK perspective, but it applies to any country. You have to generate mm -hmm. electricity. You have to transmit it. Someone then distributes it to industry, to commercial spaces, to residential houses, and then. Uh, and these houses get they actually buy their electricity from a supplier and they pay their bills to the supplier so the, that's the whole grid that grid has mm -hmm. to be balanced so we talked about supply and demand and the grid has to transmit electricity at high voltage then it steps down to a low voltage so that the energy can be conserved and we don't waste a lot of energy in terms of heat so yeah this are the in essence this is the whole uh, idea behind an uh, electricity grid or a power grid or a national grid, whatever you want to call it. Right. Okay. That was that was very knowledge knowledgeable to be honest. I've learned a lot. Thank you, Amit, and hopefully our audience did too. And this was this was uh, a very enjoyable topic to cover. And uh, yeah, audience, if you guys have anything to add, or if you guys uh, think of a topic that we should cover, or if you guys would be interested in joining us as a guest, please do reach out. Our contact details are you know, in every platform that you can hear us or see us. So um, yeah, please do reach out with any feedback or any communication. Um, we look forward to seeing you in our next episode. Uh, but yeah, hopefully you guys stay safe with uh, all the uh, electric outlets around you. And uh, hopefully I will see you guys next week. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Srinath. Bye. Thanks.